This place called Teen Valley Ranch, we call it TVR. It's amazing. It's, it's a place that does fun really well, and so that's one of the things that our students love about it. Um, it's in the mountains, so we, we get to soak in God's creation and the cool weather, which happened this, this end of this uh, last month. But, but the thing that has just been life-changing for me and for our students is that they love Jesus. And so every time we've gone over the last 14 years, kids have met Jesus or have recommitted their lives to Christ, and we grow each time we, we've gone. So we have such a, a, a great privilege to share with you about our time, and, and some students are going to come up and talk to you a little bit about their experience. And so I'd like to introduce Bella. Um, Bella is joining us. You're going to be a senior next year? A junior. Junior. A junior. <laughs> junior next year. Okay. Tell us a little bit about TVR for you. Um, TVR for me was, it was my first year, so I was really nervous. I didn't know if I would fit in or meet any friends, but the thing that I remember like the most before TVR was if I was going to connect with God again. And, you know, to my surprise, before spending these five amazing days with, with amazing counselors and amazing people, you know, I was missing the most important thing that came out of having faith. And that was the personal relationship that you got to have with God mm -hmm. from faith. And, you know, listening to the pastor that was, was at this camp, his name is Dr. Jamie Dew. And he talked about his life and, you know, what a Christian is and what they look like and what they're supposed to do in their life. And I found myself meeting face-to-face -face with God again. Mm -hmm. And I would catch butterflies every time we sang and worship. And, like, even around camp, I would just start smiling every time we were talking about God just because I was just regaining that personal relationship with the person that I love so much. And, you know, this camp reminded me that, you know, God gave me tomorrow, so I'm going to give myself to God tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And it's just, it was just an amazing, like, privilege to be able to go here. We, we have a theme each year, and this year it was called The Line. And it's from, it's based on John 14, 6, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so that, that kind of was the, the jump-off point for our speaker. They have someone come in at, at the different weeks, and so who we had wasn't who they had last week. It's someone different. So they all come and give sort of a fresh perspective of what this means and what this scripture passage means. Um, but for us, we started with the most basic, Basic question, what is a Christian? And that's awesome because a lot of our students going, this is their first trip. This is a, a, an initial, um, you know, jump into student ministry and what that is. And so it was so wonderful that, that Dr. Jamie kind of started here. And, uh, and so the, this is the, the most important question of our lives. And, uh, and so what we found is there's a lot of different ideas on what it means to be a Christian. Uh, and so Bella and I are going to go through a couple of those things, uh, misnomers, if you will. And uh, some people believe that the definition of a Christian is just someone who's moral, someone who just lives a good life. And while we should certainly strive for that, strive to have our lives look like Christ, that's not just it. What are some of the other things, Bella? Um, there are some people that, you know, believe that Christians just are church folks, that, you know, attend a local church, they just go to church. But we know that there are people who come to church and they don't know what it is to follow Christ. And there are others that feel that, you know, Christians are judgmental people. And there is a handful that think that maybe we're just perfect. And I can assure you that we're not. And, you know, the question that everyone needs to ask themselves, the most important question of your entire life is, you know, what is a Christian? Yeah, that's right. 
and, you know, to continue on. Like, people think that we're judgmental and that we're angry, and, and that's just who we are. And so we were able to dive into the book of Colossians, which is a book written by Paul, who was imprisoned. And this, this church was, uh, was in the city of Colossae, and they were um, just meeting as a result of some of the different missionary journeys that Paul had taken. And what was going on at that time is there were Christian influences, the, the Jesus followers, the followers of the way, as they called them, but there was also whatever was happening in the culture at that time, which was sort of going in and, and kind of being mixed up with, with the message of Christ. And so this is what, what Paul has to say to them, but it's very true to us because we know that culture does play a big role in, in this world, and sometimes it does try and shape what we believe. And so I'm going to read from Colossians 1, beginning at verse 9, and it says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So what Dr. Dew is, he went through and he, he said there's three marks of what a Christian is based on, on the scripture. And so we were able to dig into that first one and the first thing, the most important thing, a Christian is someone who's been saved by the grace of God. They've experienced that. And in verse 12, we see that, that Paul is saying that, you know, we've been qualified to partake in this inheritance. And you may wonder, well, well why do I need qualification? I'm a good person. Well, the truth is none of us are qualified because I've sinned and I've messed up and I've missed the target. And, and Jamie, Dr. Dew, shared just a great illustration. Would you share with them? Yes. Um, Jamie Dew like share that illustration and for example we are all standing on this riverbank and behind us is a massive flame the flame is going to kill us if we don't get off of the riverbank and across the way the other riverbank is about 100 yards we well, at least i cannot jump 100 yards i don't know maybe there's some people in here that can jump 100 yards if they're very athletic but i cannot jump 100 yards and the point I'm trying to make is that I can't qualify myself to do something like that. I'm a Christian because God gave me grace. He qualifies me, and I don't qualify myself. Mm -hmm. The second mark that we learned that Dr. Jamie Dew talked about um, is someone who walks in obedience to Christ. You know, to be a follower, you go where he goes, and you love as he loves, and you forgive as he forgives others, too. And that's important because, you know, in verse 10, Paul's prayer, it, it says that we would live a life worthy of the Lord. And if you're an athlete, you're going to work out. If you're a scholar, you're going to read books. And if you're a craftsman, you're going to go buy wood. But, you know, if you're a Christian that's been qualified, delivered from darkness, it'll translate into your life. And that's, that's very important to remember. That's right. 
The, the third mark of being a Christian is someone who worships the Lord, someone who worships Christ. And so Colossians 1, 15 through 18 says, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And, and so we see that Jesus is God. He's the heir. He has been uh, put over all creation. And so we are, it's our job to worship that, not, not ourselves, not our, our gifts, and not the things that we've done. Bella, would you share? Um, so today, like right now, if you're claiming to be a Christian, do you have these three marks on your life? Have you experienced God's saving grace through Jesus? Are you walking in obedience to Christ? And are you worshiping Jesus through your words and actions? Because Christianity, it's impossible alone. And without him, we can't do anything. And, you know, if you've been pursuing the Lord, continue to do that. But don't be ashamed if you haven't. Because right now, we challenge you to put your hope and trust in Jesus today. Thank you. Thanks so much, Bella. I'd like to also invite up Anna Price. She is one of our middle school students sharing with us. She's going into the eighth grade, and, uh, and, and this isn't your first trip to camp. Tell us a little bit about, you know, when, when have you been before? Um, I went last year, um, so I've only gone two years. Just a little closer, yeah. Okay, two years. Okay, and what, what's your experience been like this year? I love TVR. I love the food. I love the people. I love the activities, and I especially love our preacher, which this summer was Dr. Doom. TVR really changes me because it makes me, um, Just a little closer, yeah. it makes me realize how lucky and how blessed I am to have God, the maker of the universe, love me as his own. And my favorite part about TVR was the people, the campers, the counselors, they're all so nice and amazing. And I got to reunite with my friends that I made last year. That was so neat that, that we repeated at a time when someone that she met from North Carolina, not part of our church, because they have many different churches, a couple from Florida, a couple from South Carolina and Alabama and North Carolina, mm -hmm. you know, from all over um, met. And so she was able to reunite with, with one of her girls. We got to see her in the video this morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so on the second night, we started with what is a Christian? That was where we, we needed to begin. But the, ne the next night was what is a Christian like? And, and so... Um, we, we tend, as Christians, to compartmentalize things in our lives. We've got our work life, we've got our social life, we've got our, our church life, and, and we've got to remember that, that Christ didn't create us to, to, to have him in just one part, but instead, um, you know, have him involved in, in every part of who we are. That's our definition, is that we're created by God, that we are his. It's not to just, you know, get a ticket to heaven and have it punched when we get there. No, he wants everything. He wants our Monday mornings, and he wants our Friday night, and everything in between, uh, the academic, the social, the, the everything about us. You don't have to strive and earn your way You'll never, we'll never be able to live up to the Christian life. It's not difficult, it's impossible. So mm -hmm. how do we do it? How do we live the Christian life? We have to follow Jesus and let him do it in you. I'm reading from Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, patience, and gentleness. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ dwell in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Verse 12 says, therefore, as God's chosen people, since this is who you are, you need to live a certain way. God's saying, I chose you. We've been chosen by the Lord. And we're not only chosen, but once we accept Jesus as your Savior, we've been made holy. Right. And, and Ephesians 1.13 tells us that we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's, that's who we are. You are loved. I am loved. And, and if this is your life, and if this is what you're claiming who you are, then we have to live a certain way. Now, many of you have raised kids, are raising kids, or raising grandkids, and you understand that, um, that, that kids sometimes behave similar to us. Sometimes we, we look and say, wow, that was me. I don't know, you know, and it could be in the positive or the negative. But one small thing that, that Bobby and I noticed as our kids were maybe four or five years ago, we're, we're younger. Um, our, our son Joshua was probably four or five at the time. Um, we were, uh, we've been to some raise games. And when we go, we've got those nosebleed section seats. So you've got to take the escalator up a few times. And, uh, and what Joshua did one day is he said, Mom, look, I'm, I'm doing it like Dad. And what Bobby does, which is just maybe what a lot of you do, is he puts one foot on one step and one on the other, and he just kind of waits for it to go up. But it was just that small detail that he said, look, I'm just like Dad. And I, I had no idea. Sometimes we don't remember that, we're, that they're watching. But, but our kids love us. So they want to be like us. And that's kind of what, what we have learned is that because God is so great and because we love him, we want our lives to look like his. Colossians 1.12 tells us to clothe ourselves or to put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. These are virtues or qualities, and as a believer, I'm to put on these virtues. Mm -hmm. Jamie points out that teenage guys can be very cruel, harsh, and mean-spirited to one another. That's not Christ-like, and there's no place for that. He also cut out the females and said how we can behave worse than teenage guys. He asked us these questions, how do we treat someone that's not as well-dressed or as pretty as we are? And he also asked us, um, do you talk about them and do you exclude them from the things that you do? If you find yourself tearing other people down, you are insecure. And that's not how Christians should live because it's not how Jesus lived. Right. And, you know, just like students, like teenagers, we can kind of have that same thing about us where we are unkind to people because we have to wait too long or, you know, someone slid in and took a spot, you know, parking spot before us, whatever it is. But it was awesome that, that Jamie pointed out to students, that's just not how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to live with love. Um, and so we had several takeaways based on this passage of Scripture. And the first one is a Christian is someone who develops godly character. They look like Jesus. The next one is that Christians are marked by love. A lot of you are familiar with that song, that, that they will know we are Christians by our love. That's not always the case. That's why for Pinellas is so huge for this church is because often people know the church for what we're against and not what we're for. So we want to be marked by his love. Um, and then lastly, um, on my end, Christians rest in God's peace. Uh, verse 15 of what we read, it says, let the, the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it rest upon you. Not to be worrying about but every little detail, but instead do our best, but then we ultimately have to trust God. What were some of the other things, Anna? Um, Christians are saturated in God's word. Verse 16 says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another. We read the Bible and we check it off, we move to other things, and we move on with our life. Instead, we should read it, we should reflect upon it. Let it press on you and bounce around in your heart and mind. Lastly, Christians live for the glory of God. 
Verse 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Leverage your life to the call of Christ. I'd like to leave you with some questions to challenge you. Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Does your life reflect Christ's character? And is your life spent for the glory of Christ? Thank you so much, Anna. I appreciate you sharing with us such such great things. Um, and, and so now I'm going to invite up Brayden, who's going to join with us. This is, this is year two that Brayden has come forward and said, I want to share with the church about what I learned and, and what God is doing in me and through me. And so welcome, Brayden. <laughs> um, how many times have you been to this camp? Uh, this is my third year now. Third year. Okay. Can you share with everyone about this year's experience? Um, this year was like you build on every single year like my first year i came and i didn't really know god and i met him uh that wednesday actually i remember and then like after that it you just keep like building on top of it uh i got to be in a cabin with uh, a mixture of middle school and high school guys so i got to see different like perspectives on how people are doing in their life and how they're doing on their journey and I got to spend a lot of time with my counselor, uh, James, and every morning we would wake up and play disc golf at like 7 a.m. and just talk about our lives and where we are in our faith. Mm-hmm. It's awesome to hear, hear these guys. And, and it was unique that you were with some of the younger guys. It just kind of worked out that way that the middle school, some were with high school, and so you had a chance to lead, and that's something that, that Braden does best. Um, but, but as we have moved on, we talked about what is a Christian? What is a Christian like? And, and then we moved on, and he started with this. Why did God go through all the trouble just to create, create everything? Like, he, he is um, infinite. Like, why create that? And, and he's perfect in wisdom and in power, but what we learned is that he has a reason for creating what we see and who we are. And that reason is you, and that reason is me. And, and we're created in his image. We're stamped. We're the pinnacle of, of who God is. And, and it's not the mountain, and it's not the stars, and it's not the things that we see, but it's, it's the people. We've been given, um, you know, we're, we're spectacularly wonderful in comparison to, to everything else. And so one day when Jesus was walking the earth, there were some religious leaders that, that came and said, okay, Jesus, as a trick, you know, of course Jesus knew this, but they said, um, all right, well, what's the most important commandment? And, and we know that there are 10 commandments, but there were so many laws, hundreds of laws and rules that the church had sort of put on people, and it was, it was a very, you know, difficult yoke to bear. And, and of course, how does he answer? Um, Jesus, with all his wisdom, points to the 10 commandments in Deuteronomy 6. Uh, in Deuteronomy 6, through 4, 6, 4 through 8, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Mm -hmm. So when you think about your purpose in life, it's not your place to fill in the gap. You can dream big, but know that God already has a purpose for you. So the question we were all asked is, what are we called to do? That's right. So... We jumped off from there, from that, from Scripture, which is the Shema found in, in Deuteronomy, to love God and to love others. Jesus shrunk all those things down into those two, two things for us. 
And, and, and so what we learned that night is that we must love God with our whole being. Verse, verse 5 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and with all of your strength. Listen, no one can love God better than you can. No one can love him better than I can. We are created individually and with different gifts, and, and it's not fair for, for me to compare my faith with, with Braden's or my husband's or, you know, we are, have been designed perfectly to create God. And so um, this prayer is something that, that I know stuck with a lot of our students, and Bella shared with me it stuck with her. When, when Jamie said this, if you give me life tomorrow, God, then I will give you my life tomorrow. We're to love God with our whole being. And he also said, students, if I could know just one thing about you, because there were hundreds of kids in the room, he would say, my hope is that, that each one of you have a sincere, genuine love for God. That's, that's our hope for our students. That's our hope for you this morning. Um, and, and what we see through the Bible and through the word of God is that the disciples got it right sometimes, but they got it wrong a lot too. And it wasn't until Jesus was die, died and was raised that they sort of got it. They so, sort of understood all those things that he said, that he fulfilled. And, and what we find is that those disciples were willing to, to, to speak out. They were willing to kind of wreck their own personal lives. They went with reckless abandon to follow Jesus to the point of death, to the point of torture. And so Jamie cha challenged us, oh, that we would pour our lives out for Christ as well. Um, so what, what we also know is, um, is, is there was more to that in, in Scripture. Would you share with us? Uh, the second thing we're called to do is to make disciples. In verses 6 through 7, it says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Christ didn't save you to enjoy life by yourself. Jesus tells us in the Great Commission, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. God has called me to make disciples, and God has called you to make disciples. Stay on the path and just follow him. Yeah. Lastly, we're, we're to give God our entire lives. Like we said before, not compartmentalizing and saying, just this piece, God, you can have the Sunday me or the 9 a.m. me here. But, but he, he shared with us in, in Deuteronomy, verse 8, he said to, to the people, um, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Serving God can't be just confined to spiritual activities. It can't just be serving the homeless or the Jubilee, while those certainly are things that we would love to have a part of our lives. But instead, God prefers the ordinary. God steps into our everyday, and he chooses to use that. He wants the ordinary in your life and in my life, and he chooses to use the ordinary. Uh, so how do you live this out in everything you do? Our challenge this morning is this. Are you loving God with your whole being? Are you making disciples, and are you glorifying God with your life? Thank you so much for challenging us, Brayden. Lastly, I'd like to invite Kylie to come up. Um, so we have Kylie and Brayden, who are going to be seniors. Bella is going to be a junior, and Anna is going into eighth grade. Thanks for, for offering to do this. Again, Kylie approached and said, I'd like to share. Uh, so thank you for being obedient to the Lord. And, um, and so how many years have you been going to this camp, Teen Valley Ranch? I have been going to TVR six years now, so since sixth grade, it's okay. been a while. Um, so like when I first started going in sixth grade, it wasn't like, I, like I knew who Christ was, I had gone to youth group, I had gone to church, but like I really didn't have him in my heart yet, like I maybe went for my friends or for the fun of it, but it's really been cool to see how not only I've been able to see other people grow, mm -hmm. but also myself and my faith. Um, 
like, I, this is my second year having Jamie do. We also had him um, two years ago in 2015, or yeah, 2015. And um, so it's really cool to see how, because he's such a brilliant mind. And back then, I didn't really understand some of the things he was trying to teach us. And then now I really got to, like, take in his word and, like, live through it. Mm -hmm. All right. So when we got to the last night of, of his teaching, his question was this, what's so great about Jesus' love? If you step back and just think about that, um, you know, people ponder this all the time. We hear he's a great teacher, but what's so great about him? And, and so we learned that his love is pure and it's selfless. In John 10, 11 through 14, it says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock scatters it and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. These are words that Jesus has for us. We know that the good shepherd, you know, if, if you are watching sheep and they're yours, that you'll look after them. You'll risk your life for them. And we've learned in, in, in scripture and in um, and, and just science that, that sheep sometimes aren't the smartest of animals, that when danger comes, they just stay where they're at. They, they freeze. Um, and, and if you continue to look at, at sheep and how they behave, um, we'll realize that, that we're very similar. And we do things that sometimes we don't understand and that we wish we wouldn't do. But we, we find ourselves, you know, in that, um, in that, that Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd for you, that I will lay down my life. A lot of people in, in our lives love us, quote, love us for the things that we can give them, the things that we can do for them. But, but Jesus is the opposite. He says, look what I can do for you. And we can find ourselves lost in his love because he, he died for us. And he's not asking um, for us to be perfect. He, he's wanting us to give him our lives because we love him. And so what's so sweet about his love is that it's pure and that it's selfless. It's unlike anything else that, that you will experience. Um, so continue. Will you share with us more about what we learned that night? Yeah, um, another, just one other thing that makes Jesus' love so great is that it really saves and redeems. Um, John 10, 7 through 9 says, Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Mm -hmm. They will come in and go out and find pasture. So he tells us he is the gate and he is the door, and um, through him we will find life. Mm -hmm. In John 14, 6, which was our theme verse, the line, um, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get through the Father except through me. And so you, it really shows us that you can't just go through life Ex, like doing good works for others and expecting to get into heaven and get this eternal life with him. You really have to take Christ in your heart and live your life for him, through him, um, to get there. And then this is also shown farther in Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If we can be declared access to heaven by good works, then Christ died for nothing. Mm -hmm. If we could earn it, then why did we let Jesus die? We needed his um, saving love and redemption. We needed his perfect sacrifice to pay the price for our sins. And once we've accepted him, we get to live a new life in Christ. 
That's right. And the, the last thing that that evening is that Jamie shared with us that his love is life-giving. Uh, Christianity, we, we've talked about, we've heard that it's not about being a good person. It's about having this full and abundant life that we see in, in John 10.10. 10. This was a passage from several years ago for the theme, but the thief comes to, to steal, kill, and destroy. But, but Jesus says, I've come to have life, to give you life and life abundant. And, uh, and so Christ, he's saying, follow me. Be willing to sacrifice for me. Um, Christians often think that we can either have obedience to God or fun and a good life, but, but we've learned and we've experienced in this week alone that that's not the case. Some of the coolest, most amazing Christians that we've met um, that are so sold out to Jesus are the very ones that are just students are drawn to because they're goofy and crazy. And, and if you spend a couple minutes in student ministry on Sunday night, you'll find the same thing, that, that these students aren't just, you know, walking around with their head in, 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 the, in the Bible and, and not interacting and, and loving people, but instead it's the opposite, that they are kind of the whole package. And, and we sort of encourage you all to do the same. Um, so Dr. Jamie Dew also gave us this great analogy that um, our sin is like a cavity in a tooth. So the sin, the sugar, tastes so good and so sweet when we have it, but eventually it will decay and make the tooth rotten. And this is so much like us and our sinful nature. We have the option to sin and go our own way, but ultimately that leads to pain, heartache, and death. Um, he has come to give you life. Do you want to live or to have the counterfeit version that Satan wants you to believe you have? Psalm 38, 34, 8 says, Taste and see what the Lord is see that the Lord is good. We might not always be able to see God in the present, but when we look back, we know that he has saved us. So what's so great about Jesus' love? His love is pure and selfless. His love saves and redeems, and his love is life-giving. Have you experienced his love? Don't leave here today without giving your life to him fully. You'll be really glad you did.